It's a better visit for the patient. It's a lot more satisfying for the doctor. And it offers us a way off of the hamster wheel. Welcome back to The Break Room. I am your host, Alexis Murray, and thank you for joining us for episode nine. Millions of our citizens do not now have a full measure of opportunity to achieve and enjoy good health. Millions do not now have protection or security against the economic effects of sickness. The time has arrived for action to help them attain that opportunity and that protection. That's a statement from President Harry Truman, who was a strong advocate for federally funded health care and was honored for his work on this issue by being seated directly next to President Lyndon B. Johnson as Medicare was signed into law in 1965. Medicare will turn 53 years old this year, and although it continues to fulfill its original purpose, this program has become increasingly complex and expensive. With an estimated 70 million Medicare patients by 2030 and a projected cost of $1 trillion a year to fund Medicare by 2022, this program has certainly evolved beyond its initial conception. As Medicare sits at the crosshairs of entitlement reform and its beneficiaries look for affordable health care, is Medicare Advantage the next frontier? Seniors are already increasingly choosing Medicare Advantage, with about 20 million Americans already enrolled and that number expected to rise. As Medicare Advantage programs look to step in to take care of our country's aging population, we'll learn the ins and outs of this program, what it means for independent physicians, and most importantly, if it fulfills Medicare's true intentions for patients. For today's discussion on Medicare Advantage, we are joined by Charlotte Taylor, a member of our Privia Medical Group North Texas team, and Dr. James Harvey, a family medicine doctor and Medicare Advantage director at Texas Healthcare in Fort Worth, Texas. Dr. Harvey is passionate about working closely with patients across the Fort Worth area to help them achieve their optimal health. He went to the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School in Dallas, Texas, and completed his postdoctoral residency training at the DeWitt Army Community Hospital in Fort Belvoir, Virginia. Let's head over to Dr. Harvey and Charlotte. Great. So, uh, Dr. Harvey, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about Medicare Advantage. Just to kick us off here, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely, and thanks for asking me to join you here today. I am a family practice physician who went to med school in Dallas at Southwestern Medical School. Uh, I did a surgical internship in the Army uh, at El Paso, and after a year of doing that, realized I wanted to spend more time talking with my patients than putting them to sleep and cutting on them. So I transitioned to a family practice residency that I did up there at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, up in y'all's neck of the woods. Twenty years ago, I joined Texas Healthcare here in Fort Worth, Texas and have been a practicing primary care doctor over that time. And for the last five years, I've been our Medicare Advantage program's medical director. A little bit about Texas Healthcare. We're a physician-led private practice group, and we were the anchor partner here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area for Privia Medical Group of North Texas. That's great. As a member of Texas Healthcare's Medicare Advantage leadership, we'd like to ask you, entitlement form is in the front and center for 2018. Um, And the future of Medicare will certainly be a big debate. As Medicare is evaluated, Medicare Advantage is becoming a strong contender as a very solid alternative. Can you explain the structure and the basics of this program? Certainly. Medicare Advantage is essentially a subcontracted program under Medicare. CMS provides a monthly payment to the insurance company, whether that's United, Aetna, Cigna, or Blue Cross, for example to provide all care to that Medicare recipient. 
unlike fee-for-service where Medicare has to pay all the bills that are presented on that patient, CMS is no longer at risk for costs beyond the monthly capitation, and the insurance company now bears that risk. Medicare requires the insurers to provide all services, including pharmacy, behavioral health, care management, and care coordination. And the insurer is also required to collect quality metrics and report to CMS on it. So it is essentially passing all of the risk for taking care of the patient off of CMS and onto the insurance company. Medicare Advantage enrollees are evaluated by a risk adjustment factor. Could you explain the risk adjustment factor and how it's calculated? I'd love to. Now, this is a really complex topic, but it's absolutely critical to understand if, if uh, someone is going to be in Medicare Advantage and be successful in Medicare Advantage. Risk adjustment is how CMS modifies the base payment amount to the plan each month that they pay to the insurer, and it takes into account how sick the patient is. Each county in the country has a payment amount that's set by CMS for a risk adjustment score of 1.0, and I'm going to explain what that risk adjustment score of 1.0 means here in a little bit. The amount in Tarrant County, Texas, where I practice, is about $873 per month. Each region has different costs in Medicare, so previous current markets range from a low of $828 per month up to a high of $951 per month from Medicare to the plan to take care of patients. Now, there are two parts to that risk adjustment factor or RAF score that I was referring to earlier. The first is demographic, and it's based on the age of the patient, their gender, and what county they live in. This represents about 0.3 points on average. So a healthy patient with no medical conditions that risk adjust will have a RAF score of 0.3. And here in our market, that means they bring in $262 per month to provide their care. The other component in that RAF score is the medical illnesses that risk adjust. And these are from a list that's generated by CMS, and they're based on actuarial cost of care for the diseases. So some of it makes sense to a doctor and some of it doesn't make sense to a doctor. Some conditions risk adjust, like diabetes, cancer, and vascular disease, but others don't. And examples of those are Alzheimer's and hypertension. And those determinations are made by CMS based on the frequency of disease and the impact on the cost. So like I said, sometimes it doesn't make sense what risk adjusts and what doesn't, but those are the rules of the program as they're laid out. Earlier I talked about that $262 for a well patient that the, the plan gets from CMS each month. A sicker patient with a RAF score of, say, about 2.0 would bring in $1,746 per month. Uh, so you can see from that difference in those two amounts that documenting the illnesses in the provider's notes to capture the RAF codes is absolutely critical for generating adequate revenue to provide care for the patients. And what benefits do providers see when they participate in Medicare Advantage? And follow up to that, what challenges do they face in the program? Absolutely. The benefits that providers see are really dependent on their contract with the insurer. And this is an area where being with Privia is really crucial. Um, what we've seen is that Privia's ability to impact contracts and get the doctor's needs addressed makes a huge difference in how the work is done by the doc and how the doc is rewarded for that effort. Many docs in MA are on a Medicare or a Medicare Plus fee-for-service schedule. 
hopefully they're not on a Medicare minus, but in some cases I understand that can be the case in certain parts of the country. There are additional payments also for collecting quality and risk adjustment data. Some insurers we've seen provide a fee of $75 to $150 for the info that they require, but they make you handwrite it on a four-page form and fax it in. Others have an electronic portal to submit the information with the ability to attach a PDF of your uh, note out of your electronic medical record. So there's a huge variability in the amount of time and effort required to do some of this additional work. That absolutely has to be addressed in the contract or the provider risks giving away their time and their effort for free. Our group's been in a uh, capitated arrangement for the last 20 years, meaning rather than a fee for service, we get a set amount per member per month. Um, and for the last three years, that's been augmented with an upside surplus share that's based on our performance in the quality and in the economic uh, areas. Since the revenue that comes into it is based on risk adjustment, capturing the diagnoses and managing them successfully offers a potential reward for hard work that greatly exceeds what fee-for-service offers. That improved reimbursement allows me to spend more time with the patient without being penalized for doing so. If your reimbursement for seeing a Medicare Advantage patient is, for example, 200% of the Medicare fee-for-service rate, then you can spend twice as much time with the patient and still get the same amount as if you had just rushed through their visit. It's a better visit for the patient, it's a lot more satisfying for the doctor, and it offers us a way off of the hamster wheel. The other side of it is, since the quality metrics are laid out at the beginning of the year and well known to you, you're focusing on those with the patients, which is also driving better care and better outcomes. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not all roses. You have to be committed to capturing the risk adjustment codes and also working on the quality measures, and this can prove quite daunting. CMS resets patients every year. If I don't document and capture their diabetic neuropathy last year before June 30th, it magically disappears as far as CMS is concerned on January 1st from the risk score on that patient. If only it were that easy to actually cure patients of disease. So each year you get to climb the mountain again with each patient. Now what I've done over the years is I've learned to flip my thinking about this. Instead of looking at it as, as, oh my gosh, I've got to capture all these codes, I've realized that by intentionally documenting and addressing all of these illness conditions that carry RAF weight at the beginning of the year with every patient, I'm keeping those conditions on the front burner, so to speak, and making sure that they are controlled and not progressing where possible. It's painful to do because some patients have 20 to 30 or more diagnoses that risk adjust, and seeing that list at the beginning of a visit can be pretty overwhelming but it's good to have those in mind and actually managing them when you're dealing with complex patients. And it also helps me to determine how often am I going to need to see this patient back in the clinic to help keep them healthy and uh, to avoid unnecessary hospital admissions. And the more of these conditions they have, then obviously the more attention I need to be paying to them over the course of the year. And you mentioned that you've seen Medicare Advantage play out and, and be pivotal for patients in their health care. Could you kind of go into that a little bit, how you're seeing it impact patients in a healthy way? The focus on quality measures and diseases that risk adjust really provides better patient outcomes. There was actually a study that was uh, published in the American Journal of Managed Care last year, 2017, uh, that looked at a population of patients in Portland, Oregon. Some of these patients were in a capitated risk adjustment program where there was additional opportunity for upside for the docs. 
based on their their work and risk adjustment, and the rest of them were in a standard fee-for-service contract. And what they found was that there was a 6% survival benefit and a 32.8% lower hazard of death in the group that was actively managed through the risk adjustment program uh, with uh, upside potential for uh, good quality of care on the patients. So, you know, it, it, it shows that in this system when it's done that there is benefit to the patient in living longer and living better. Another significant benefit for patients is that since they have to have a prescription drug plan as part of Medicare now, when they sign up for this Medicare Advantage program, they get all of it combined into one into one simple uh, program for them. And for many parts of the country, there are plans that are available that give them access to this for just the cost of their Medicare Part A and Part B premiums that they pay each month. So there's no additional cost for joining the program, which makes it a whole lot more affordable and economical for folks. And independent doctors have a lot to focus on in terms of growing their practice, being a small business person, and a practicing doctor. So why should Medicare Advantage be on their priority list? Well, with the right contracts, these patients provide a couple of things. They provide an opportunity to take care of them at a reimbursement rate that allows you to slow down and take care of them without having to worry about how you're going to keep the the lights on. Another thing is that in many communities, uh, physicians have become pretty disaffected with Medicare in general and are declining to care for Medicare patients. So doctors that are on Medicare Advantage plans can see an opportunity to take those patients in and take care of them at a, at a reimbursement rate that, that allows you to do that without having to worry so much. And I think from a, from a wanting to take care of people, which is why most of us went into medicine, me included, seeing an opportunity to take care of these Medicare folks and, and, and be able to do that uh, where it advantages both the patient and adequately compensates the physician is going to be critical taking care of this group of patients, you know, for the rest of, of their lives. I also encourage a, a docs to look at their patients within their practice that are turning 65 and make sure that they are uh, educated on what their choices are when it comes to what to do when they turn Medicare age. Now, CMS rules on that are pretty tricky. And so I recommend rather than, and what I do in my practice is rather than saying, hey, I want you to join this plan, because there are specific parts of your office where you can and cannot have that conversation with a patient. Um, I find it more helpful to uh, offer them access to a insurance professional who can have that conversation with them about what their options are and help the patient determine what's going to be their best choice for them. Within Texas healthcare, what success have you seen with Medicare Advantage? In our market, we were really fortunate to develop a relationship with a Medicare Advantage partner that's the regional management organization for the largest Medicare Advantage insurer in our area. Uh, That partner agreed to work with our primary care physicians in our group, as well as allow us to be a conduit in our market for some of the independent physicians who were not associated with our group. Those independent docs started off with very little understanding of Medicare Advantage, even though they'd been caring for uh, Medicare Advantage patients for years. Uh, For them, they've seen enhanced reimbursement and have begun to receive some surplus sharing revenue uh, as well. But more importantly, looking at their performance on their quality measures, those scores have greatly improved over the course of the two and a half years that we've been working with them. 
and we've also seen an improvement in their ability to successfully work on the risk adjustment part that we talked about being so critical to success. So this is, you know, giving adequate resource support for the care of their patients by helping them realize how sick their patients really are. Now, for our member physicians, previous efforts on our Medicare Advantage contract improved the terms for us, markedly so over the street contract that was being offered for Medicare Advantage. This way, our work benefits the patient, it benefits the insurer, and it also benefits us all more equally. Our PCP revenue, I'm sorry, our primary care physician revenue from Medicare Advantage has been transformative. It's allowed us uh, to motivate our docs to improve their patient experience by updating our clinics. As you can well imagine, a lot of docs don't want to spend anything that they don't have to spend on anything that they don't feel that they need. And as a result, some doctor's offices are still living in the 70s and not just the magazines in the rack, but the wall paint and all of that. We were able, with the uh, work that we've done with this, to greatly improve our physical resources to make our patient visits more comfortable and pleasant. And we've been able to, by working with that, also be more financially successful as primary care doctors as well. Now, most docs in the fee-for-service world, if you're booked out six weeks ahead of time, you're financially successful. The problem is if you're fully booked out six weeks in advance, access for your patients that need you right now can be a little bit tricky. With this model, with the increased reimbursement, we've been able to, to open slots in our day to see folks, knowing that if those slots get filled, it's great, but if for some reason some of them don't get filled, it's not as critical of a hit to our resources and to our revenue stream. So we're now able to have adequate access for patients to uh, give them a much better alternative to the emergency room or the urgent care center that really doesn't know who they are as a patient and can't give them the best, highest quality care. And so we're, we're in 2018. 2017 was a dynamic year for healthcare. What do you see as being on the horizon for Medicare Advantage? You know, baby boomers that age into Medicare are choosing Medicare Advantage from 30 to 50% of the time, depending on the market that they're in. So it's clear that Medicare Advantage is going to be a major force for years to come. Some of the biggest hurdles that will continue to be problems are going to be things like drug costs. Medicines like insulin inhaler and, in, and inhalers are very expensive, but patients that don't take them as directed end up getting a whole lot sicker and have much greater uh, expense to the system overall. Medicare is actually doing a pilot program over the course of the next couple of years that's exploring what happens if Medicare Advantage insurers are allowed to provide uh, asthma and COPD inhaler medications and insulins to their patients at reduced or no copay. And they're going to see what effect that has in reducing the long-term costs of caring for those chronic diseases. One thing that everybody has to remember is that commercial insurers have no guarantee from year to year that patients are going to remain in their plan. Because of that, expensive chronic diseases do not always get the best treatment. With CMS, those patients are Medicare for the rest of their life. So efforts to bend the trajectory of their chronic diseases that are going to get worse and they're not optimally treated makes good fiscal sense for CMS for those future years. 
This is an area where MA can really make a difference by supporting programs at a more local level. Another thing to think about is that a lot of folks have had some experience in Medicare ACOs recently. And, and, and what docs find in those ACOs is that when you work harder, what happens is CMS lowers the benchmark and it becomes ever harder to be successful uh, within that structure. In Medicare Advantage, the risk adjustment and quality efforts actually improve the reimbursement and that increases the opportunity for a surplus in those programs. Having a share of that contractually offers the benefits that we've been talking about earlier going forward each year rather than trying to fight under an ever-lowering you know, ceiling like the ACO work is. If physicians want to learn more about Medicare Advantage, what resources would you recommend that they check out? Well, there's a lot of information out there, and some of it can be helpful and some of it can be pretty confusing. CMS's Medicare website has a lot of really detailed information, but it can be overwhelming trying to piece it together from all the many different resources that are on that website. I think for, for folks who are in areas where there are already Medicare Advantage contracts, the insurers have a vested interest in the providers doing Medicare Advantage well. In those cases, talking to the provider reps may be helpful, or it may be a maddening exercise in futility. If you experience that latter when you've tried that in the past, then I would recommend going above the local representation to more regional, state, or national with the insurer, or probably reassess if you need to be in that particular plan. Another good resource is talking to providers at your county specialty society or medical society and see what experience they have and what willingness they have to share. Since you're in the same trenches with them and hopefully know some of those folks, beginning that conversation physician to physician can be helpful to find a local champion to uh, help you with your efforts to learn more about this. And of course, if you're in one of our Privia areas, I would recommend that you look at joining Privia. Privia's got resources at their home office in Virginia for Medicare Advantage and also in the markets where Medicare Advantage is present and we share our information across markets where possible to help improve everybody's performance. Thank you to Dr. Harvey and Charlotte for joining us today to talk about Medicare Advantage. You can subscribe to future episodes or check out past episodes at go.priviahealth.com slash the break room. You can also find the break room on iTunes, so please subscribe, rate this episode, and leave a review. If you have any questions or want to learn more about how we're putting independent physicians back in the driver's seat of healthcare, please contact the Privia team at 888-996-0232.